Hey, y'all. I'm Casey Bell from the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. I love it. Uh, I can assure you almost, I can almost guarantee everyone who goes through this really enjoys it because at the end of the day, what we talk about is how people are wired to be great and how they're wired to be naturally, uh, how, how their natural strengths and talents, um, when, when focused properly, help them be successful in whatever, in their you know, chosen profession. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Well, hello there, Burned In Teacher. How you doing today? I'm Amber, your host, and this is the Burned In Teacher podcast, one part burnout and all other parts, action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. Today, if you haven't already noticed by the timestamp, this is a very long episode, and it's because we talk, we being Josh Wenning, who is the executive director at the Region 8 Education Service Center here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and also a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, he and I get deep into strengths and what makes us who we are, and he actually coaches me through my top five strengths. So I'm not going to make this intro long, but I do want to tell you one thing. This interview took place on my birthday on November 18th, and I was deep inside of burnout. I almost canceled this interview. Um, However, I'm really glad I didn't because it lit me up, and even listening to it as I was doing the edits, it made me smile because I needed this. I needed to dive into what makes me me and what was wrong and um, how I could move forward. And the conversation with Josh really helped. So again, opening up that conversation, my friends, it's so important. So here's the interview with Josh Wenning. All right, Burned In Teachers, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Josh Wenning. He is the Executive Director at Region 8 Educational Center, and he's also a Gallup StrengthsFinder coach. Did I say that correctly? Yes, yes. Awesome. So I brought Josh on to the podcast today because January is all about uh, nurturing your strengths. And what better of a person to have come on the podcast than a a past educator who used to teach kids in a high school and um, has now turned executive director of of Region 8 Education Service Center who serves teachers and students and also a coach who can help you to really navigate through your strengths and how to use them. So Josh, welcome to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Oh, well, thanks, Amber. I appreciate the invitation. Looking forward to our conversation today and engaging with you around your topic. I'm I'm really excited about the chance to uh, talk with you more about strengths and how they can impact teachers in the classroom. Yeah, me too. This is going to be a great conversation. So Josh, let's start out just like I do with any teachers or any other um, experts that I have come on. Tell us a little bit about your history um, in education and how, where you started and uh, how you got to where you are now. 
Sure, real quick. Uh, I started my teaching career uh, at Bloomington High School North in Bloomington, Indiana, after I graduated from uh, Indiana University with my undergraduate in uh, so, uh, secondary education social studies. Uh, moved on to Eastern Hancock Schools down there just east of Indianapolis before moving to Michigan, where I continued teaching and took on a head basketball coaching role um, for a couple years. And that led me into administration. Uh, I had a, uh, my, when I was student teaching, my mentor teacher, um, encouraged me to pursue administration from the very beginning. She said, Josh, you're a good teacher, but you need to think about being a principal. And at the time, I didn't even have that on my radar, uh, but she was one of those people in my life who saw something in me before I saw it myself and was very grateful for her for that. And so that led me into pursuing some administrative roles. I became a high school assistant principal and athletic director, uh, been a high school principal for a few years, and then central office. And then uh, now I'm here at a regional level uh, working with educators uh, K-12 and super, from superintendents down to teachers and everyone in between. Uh, again, hopefully provide resources and services to help them be better, more effective, more efficient in their ways and of directly serving kids. So still a certified teacher. I'm still part of the, uh, uh, we're still part of the state K-12 education system, but obviously I've not been in the classroom uh, for a while. I've been more in the administrative role for the last uh, almost 15 years now. Yeah. You know, and just to know you, and then I've worked closely with you, Josh, of course, but sure. also with Cindy McKinney at Region A. I've told yes. so many people that I, I talk to people all over the country, how grateful I am that Indiana has this resource that is their education service centers. And we have, we have seven now or eight. So we have nine total nine, that cover total. the entire state of Indiana. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I've been so lucky to have engaged with several of them uh, throughout the state and everybody is so helpful, so willing to offer services, you know, for what teachers need for their kids. So I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so, I'm just, we are so lucky to have that resource here. So let's dive into how you got, so that's your journey from teacher, classroom teacher Mm -hmm. to executive director at Region 8 Education Service Center. But tell us a little bit about how you got involved with StrengthsFinder. Um, great question. So um, that goes back, starts with our partnership that we've had here at Re- with Region 8 uh, with the Northeast Indiana Regional Partnership, which is an economic development uh, segment of our, um, of our region. And we've had some actual grant work through them in partnership with them that actually directly impacted schools. A lot of our schools who had some project-based learning initiatives, that was part of a grant that we were working with through them. That led to another grant uh, that um, they were looking to increase the number of Gallup Strengths Finder coaches uh, across Northeast Indiana, both in the kind of for-profit sector, but also in schools. Um, the grant, uh, the Schwab Foundation, who was the grantor, uh, saw that strengths could be a powerful tool for educators and for students, quite honestly. There's a student aspect to this as well. Um, and so you needed people who were willing to take a deeper dive to become trained, to become certified as coaches who could then in turn work with educators and students. And so uh, I, I was very blessed through that grant, I was able to have my uh, training paid for. And um, quite honestly, it's, it's not an inexpensive endeavor. It was probably about the same amount as my first master's degree, quite honestly, when wow. I looked at the amount. So uh, blessed to have a grant behind that. And basically the only expectation is that we go out and use it uh, to help to help people. And so that was back in uh, uh, a couple of years back now, almost three years ago now that I uh, pursued that certification. Um, and prior to that, I, don't, I had taken my top five. I had uh, I'd done the assessment that, that you've taken and uh, many others. So I had a, a general knowledge about it, but I did not have the depth of knowledge that I've been able to uh, you know, 
pursue and acquire now. And um, it has allowed me to go out into about, we've been in about 25 or 26 school districts working with everyone from administrative leadership teams all the way down to building level teaching staff uh, and, and even some student groups in between. So that has been a, a little bit of the opportunities that I've had in kind of incorporating my strengths work into Region 8 and offering that as an option for our schools uh, looking to pursue that. So um, I love it. Uh, I can assure you almost, I can almost guarantee everyone who goes through this really enjoys it because at the end of the day, what we talk about is how people are wired to be great and how they're wired to be naturally, uh, how, how their natural strengths and talents, um, when, when focused properly, help them be successful in whatever, in their you know, chosen profession. And so it is, uh, I'm blessed to be able to do that in my job and I'm passionate about trying to help other people, especially educators, be able to do the same thing for themselves. You know, what I love about what you just said whenever you go into districts is that you don't just do the assessment with building leaders and administrators, that you actually do it with teachers as well. Something that I consistently have to remind teachers is that they are not just a teacher. They always seem to use that word just to describe their title. They're leaders. They are just as important, if not more important than the building leader when it comes to their leadership in the classroom. Would you agree with that? Uh, totally 100%. Research, you know, when you talk about what is the biggest impact on student learning and achievement, it's the classroom teacher. Uh, when it comes to leadership in buildings, teachers have a tremendous opportunity. Now, granted, every building is different. I, don't, I know it's not obviously the same building to building, but there are opportunities there. And, and I think through strengths, and I'm, I'm really interested too, because you have some natural strengths in yourself that uh, would lend itself to that exact point uh, about the desire to pursue some leadership opportunities. But the, I definitely would encourage every teacher to be involved, be engaged, not, and obviously not just in their classrooms, but what's happening within their school. Um, um, from school improvement to committee work to, um, I, encourage, I encourage teachers to consider things, not to take us on a tangent here, but I always wanted my, uh, my staff to, to lead into me. So when I was a principal, uh, I knew I didn't have all the answers. I, I, I knew I was good at some things, but I'm, I need all of us together, working together to help our building be successful for our students. And so I encourage my staff to lead up. That was mm -hmm. a term I use a lot, I lead up. Uh, lead into your leaders, whether it be your assistants or your, you know, your principals or whoever, and not in a way to be accusatory or, or attacking, but to say, how can, for a teacher standpoint is, how can I work with you to help you be more informed, to have, to make better decisions, to be, to consider different options that maybe sometimes aren't always considered because, uh, you know, as a, as a principal, once I got in a year, you know, I'd been removed from the classroom at that point for several years, and now I've been removed for 15 years. I do not claim to have a full understanding of what that classroom teacher in the trenches every single day is doing with today. It, I, it, I've been removed too long. I need, I need people who are experts to lean into me, to help me so I can make better decisions. And hopefully those opportunities are there for teachers in, in their individual buildings as well. Yeah, I hope so too. That's what we can all hope, right? Yeah. So Josh, before we dive in to your strengths and my strengths and how to analyze those things, I'd really like to actually start with the first uh, piece of the experience. How mm -hmm. does someone actually get to the assessments? Sure. So there's um, probably the easiest way for someone to be listening to this is going to be through the uh, one of the books that uh, the Gallup offers uh, online. Uh, Amazon's probably the easiest way to 
to, uh, to get there. If you look at a, a book called Strengths 2.0, it's by Tom Rath, R-A-T-H. Uh, it's about a $15 uh, hardcover book on, online. Again, you, you, want, you do need to buy it new because there's a one-time use code attached to that. So I would warn viewers, if you buy a used book, the code will probably, will probably be used and therefore won't be much use to you. But in the back of that book is a code that tells you where to go online uh, to take an assessment. It's about 140 questions, um, pr uh, kind of on a Likert scale, and it takes anywhere from 20 to 35 minutes to take. Uh, and it's, it's all about uh, looking at preferences and, and how you view yourself in, in different scenarios. And it's an interesting assessment because they're not opposing factors, right? So it's not, do you like black or white? It's, do you like dogs or do you like spaghetti? Or mm -hmm. something like that, right? And you're like, wait a yeah. minute, I like both. And where do I slide my, my did you find that when you did? Yeah, well, that's assessment? what I was going to say. Don't yeah. let the fact that there's 140 questions deter you oh. from actually taking this leap because yeah. it's actually really, I thought it was really fun to take the assessment. I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to take an assessment all about themselves? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the yeah. questions really make you think about what do I truly enjoy? What do I truly prefer? Where am I truly the most comfortable? Um, and it really makes you think very meta. You have a lot of meta thoughts about your own thoughts, your own pre your own preferences. So it's a really interesting. It's a it's it's kind of a great me time. Um, yeah. You know, to really just sit and self reflect, and then the results you get are just absolutely enlightening. I'll never forget the night that I took it, and I'm reading it. And I got really emotional because mm. as I was reading them, I'm thinking, these are all the things that I keep getting in trouble for. <laughs> these aren't strengths. Yeah. What do you mean? These are strengths. And I had a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, an epiphany of, you know, gosh, maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm not doing what I am meant to do right now, you know, in this mm. moment, maybe I'm just not in the right position. Um, and that was when I had started Burned In Teacher. It was very new, very brand new. Um, so I, I love that you that you shared those details because it's really, um, it, it's just, it's the beginning of a really um, inner, you know, inner thought and, and then outward actions that you can take based on those results. If after today's episode, you're wanting more, check out this month's Burned In Teacher podcast freebie at burnedinteacher.com slash nurture. In it, I break down what it means to nurture your strengths because burned in is an eight step acronym. B stands for begin where you are. U stands for understand your teacher brand. R is reflect on your challenges. N is nurture your strengths. E is extend your reach and possibilities. D is determine your long-term goals. I is initiate lasting change. N is never settle. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash nurture and get this month's BIT podcast freebie, chapter four of my ebook, Burned In Teacher Training, Eight Steps to Go from Surviving to Thriving in Education. Enjoy the chapter, take action, and burn on. And the go questions ahead. go, you're right, the questions go quick. In fact, there's a timer on each question to, admit, to ensure that you go quickly. The, the, the assessment's designed to get your gut reaction. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to sit and ponder the question for minutes on end. And the goal is that usually, just like with a lot of things, your, your first response, your gut response is, is usually the, the most accurate. So, mm -hmm. um, so it true. does go pretty quickly. And, and, but again, it's a great uh, initial step into this world of strengths and helping to figure out how do I 
maximize, understand better who I am and then how do I maximize that to be more effective? In who, yeah. What so, so what are your top five strengths? Yeah, sure. So my number one is maximizer. Uh, my number two is connectedness. Three is self-assurance. Four is woo. And five is adaptability. I can't wait to talk about woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we share that one, don't we? We do, we do share that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So Josh, this next part of the interview, you know, after we really encourage people to get the book, yeah. it's a very small investment in yourself and yeah. it will make a huge difference in the way you view yourself. Of course, we've already kind of alluded to that fact. So you take the assessment, you get your results. Mm -hmm. um, and we decided because we don't know, you know, what everybody else's results are that you're going to actually help me to analyze my yeah. results. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I will let you take it from here. Okay. Um, I, I've already sent you my top five strengths. Yes. Um, so you're going to kind of teach me, you know, how coach me through this. Um, I've never, you know, actually interacted with, I mean, obviously I've interacted with you, Josh, but not sure. on this level with Correct. using you as a coach to help me help guide me through these. Um, so, so take it away. What are our first steps here? What do you encourage us to do? Oh, great. So thank you. So thank you for doing this. So again, to your viewers know, we've not had any kind of pre-discussions about this. This is our first, it's really like an initial coaching session. Uh, but I hope I, I'm excited about that because these are always really exciting to get into about uh, with people, regardless of where we're at. So we do this both on a group setting as well as individual one-on-one. -on -one. So this is an example of a one-on-one -on -one type coaching session, if you will. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we're going to look at here is that there are 34 total strengths that, uh, that Don Clifton, uh, who, who was the chairman of, of, of Gallup for a long time, identified that we all possess. We all have these strengths in us. They are just in a unique order and a unique uh, uh, varying intensities, if you will. Uh, it's also important to note that um, any one of these strengths can also be a weakness. And so you talked about sometimes these things might get in our way a little bit and how we define weaknesses are really anything that get in our way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the things that we're really good at and the things we're naturally inclined to be great at can sometimes get in our way. Mm -hmm. um, um, for example, you and I are both woos. And for, for your listeners, that stands for winning others over and it's really about the ability to interact with, with others very easily. We like, typically, we gain energy from conversations with other people, even people we don't know. Uh, we often view strangers as um, our next potential friend, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we're, we're great at my, my, my sons get on me because when I leave church on Sundays, it takes a long time for me to go from <laughs> exiting the service to actually getting to the parking lot because everyone I see is a potential conversation, even if I've never met them before. Uh -huh. So that's part of how I'm wired uh, to them. It might drive them a little uh, bonkers sometimes because they are uh, uh, not woos, all, the, uh, all of them. So that is a way that I'm naturally wired. How you're naturally wired is to be um, engaging with our, with our strengths of woo. So also along these lines, a couple important backdrops to this. It's important to remember that our strengths are also not labels. They're not meant to categorize us. So there's other assessments out there, and this is not knocking them. This is just a difference between this and other assessments. You are not, uh, so even though Amber and I are both woos, if we get into and really dive into how woo looks to you and how woo looks to me, even though it's in our top five, we're going to find some differences. Mm -hmm. uh, and what that woo looks like. So at a 30,000 foot level, there'll be some similarities, kind of what maybe I just said, some generalities. But as we get down into it, 
Um, I'm going to have some things that might be different from Amber and you're going to have some things different from me. So we want to be careful not to put people into a box and say, oh, you're a woo and I'm a woo. So everything we do around woo is exactly the same. Yeah. That could not be further from the truth. And the big reason for that is our strengths, all of our strengths play into each other. So your other strengths that you have are influencing how your woo works and operates. Mm -hmm. um, same with mine. And so because of that, they end up all looking a little bit different. Um, and then a couple other pieces before we really dive into this is um, we are honestly, we're all hotwired to be amazing. <laughs> um, we are, uh, we have unique, what I guess Galpas talk about is having these super talents. We have these, these, these talents, these strengths that are oftentimes, sometimes even buried within us sometimes that we haven't always uncovered. And they are our superpowers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, though, and Ambria, I, I, I think you somewhat mentioned this previously, and we'll talk about this. Sometimes those superpowers were made to think that they are a negative. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a couple that I'm really curious about digging into and asking you questions about oh, today. Boy. Because other people <laughs> um, might view them as such, or maybe even told you that that's not a good thing, right? And so, you know, grow, even growing up. Because uh, these are these strengths would have been present in you, just like they were in me from when we were young uh, teenagers. And now all of a sudden, as they're being uncovered, sometimes people say things to us that, um, for example, like with Wu, like, can't you, Josh, can't you just be quiet for a little while? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I didn't know that talking was a bad thing. Um, but right in the classroom, I well, look back. Well, I will I say hey, one quiet. way. Yeah. At, well, as you're, you're, you're talking about how um, our, our strengths can get in our way. I feel like already when, since we're on the topic of woo, yeah. that that has already been something that has caused me a lot of pain mm. because I assume that because I walk into a room full of strangers that are potential friends, that they also will reciprocate and want to be my friend as badly as I want to be theirs. And it's not really, I guess it could be trans translated into just wanting to be really included because I, who doesn't want to be included, yeah. but really it just, it, it lends itself to getting your, getting your feelings hurt or my, me getting my feelings hurt when people are just being who they are. It's nothing against Amber. It's just, they don't share that woo quality. You know, they just look at things the way that they are. My husband does not have woo as a strength. He's very, um, he's very analytical. Um, he is very just, it is what it is. And I'm always like, well, what do you think that they mean? They meant by that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, do you think that they, he's like, not everybody's going to want to be your friend the way that you want to be. And he doesn't mean that in a bad way, Sure. but it's just, I, I can see how that can kind of, you know, like set up a barrier, you know, of, of like getting in my own way there. This, and this is, and now you're kind of getting into another aspect of this is one is strengths is not only powerful for you as the individual is powerful for everyone you, whether they're coworkers, spouses, my wife and I have both taken the strengths assessment and those, we, it comes up frequently, kind of the same, <laughs> in a similar conversation we've talked about. Yeah. It's okay. Why is she thinking about things this way? Oh yeah. She has certain strengths and, and really our strengths form kind of a lens. Like think of like a camera lens through how we're viewing the world. And so that was a great example you just gave about how when you viewed that situation, you're viewing the world through your lens of strength saying, I'm viewing it this way. Of course, I want to go connect with everybody. But then other people have their, their lenses and they're, they're viewing things differently. 
Yeah. Um, one of the strengths that sometimes can counter woo is is called is deliberative, mm. and deliberative, uh, which is again just a side note. All strengths there is no good or bad to any strength. Just so everyone knows, right. mm -hmm. uh, they are neutral in. There's no negative or positive association. There's no one strength that's better than another, or that you need this strength in order to be great at your job. That's not that's not what this is about. Just to make sure everyone hears that clearly. Um, but through that lens, people are, are, are viewing it their own perception. So deliberative, deliberative people, opposite of Wu in some, say, in some cases, they uh, tend to be people that are kind of holding their cards close to the vest. They're going to be very intentional about what information they give out. And so think about that same situation you're coming into. If I'm a deliberative person, perhaps, you are Wu and you want to get to know me and I'm like, hmm, I don't really know her really well. Yeah. Well, wow, she's sure. aggressive. Perhaps. Because perhaps. I've been told that. Like when I first <laughs> met you, you I was like, whoa, like you came, you were very aggressive. And they said, not in a bad way, but I just didn't quite know how to take you. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm also very sarcastic. I <laughs> and that can that's turned people off. Sure. You know? And, and so that's important for so this is also a good part of our coaching part here. So it's part of this is the self-awareness part, right? So mm -hmm. it's knowing. All right, so knowing, yes, one of my strengths, your strengths is woo. And so having got that feedback from previous conversations to say, okay, I know not everyone else is woo. I know how I'm looking at these potentially social situations. Now, how might I be, be uh, uh, more self-aware in those situations to kind of quickly assess if someone is into this or not? Mm -hmm. Am I invading their personal space and now I'm, uh, or, or whatever, or are they, is there potentially some opportunity to, build a new relationship there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so, a great point. Yeah. And when you're working with other people, again, think spouse, think coworkers, and, and, and let's talk about let's keep it school related. Uh, if you've got a, you know, part, grade level partners, uh, team partners, wh um, whatever the case might be, when you have strengths as part of that knowledge base of, of where you're all coming from, you can really reframe it, it, how you interact with that person. Mm -hmm. um, I, what I refer to this is it creates a common vocabulary. And so now our, it's not only the common strengths that we have, but our differences become um, much more easy to talk about. And it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's not about me attacking you because you're woo. It's about saying, oh, Amber's woo. So therefore, that's where she gets her energy from. That's where she gets, she's naturally inclined to be that way. I don't view that as a negative. I don't attack her for that. And that's the same for any other strength. Uh, that it's just, it'll be the same for you when you deal with people who don't have the strengths you have. And mm -hmm. so now, for example, let's, let's compare, actually, let's compare a couple of one of your strengths again. And as I was thinking about this with you, one of your strengths, is, I believe is activator. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So act, think of it as that term activator activates, want to get things started, want to get things moving, want to make it happen. Um, Let's not sit around. And I'm, I mean, does, are any of these words resonating with you when I, when I talk oh, about that? Absolutely. All of the, all of the above. All of the above. Right? Yes. <laughs> so you are, uh, I'm going to guess when you get, when you've been in brainstorming sessions where ideas are just getting thrown up there on the wall and, and how does that, how do you feel when you've been in those situations? How does it like literally make you feel? I energized, excited. Energized. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And sometimes I, I have to step back. The self-awareness has definitely, as I've gotten older, you know, Josh, I turned 37 today. Oh, and happy birthday. <laughs> well, All right. I know that. <laughs> and it's taken me about 36 years to 
dial it back and do be, you know, <laughs> dialing it back is not always a bad thing to, to be self-aware yeah. um, that, you know, I, I, I still struggle. I've already done it to you twice. I've taken note, note of it, of interrupting. I, my, my kindergarten teacher wrote it on my report card, interrupts big, bold letters. Mm. Took me forever to read what it, what it was. I didn't know mm. what it said for a long time. Uh, because I just, I get excited. And the moment it hits my brain, it's like, I got to get it out now. You, that's a powerful example. And it's one that, again, for teachers, another piece that I would challenge teachers to think about is this. And when I, I say this to teachers all the time. When, when we're working with kids, kids have these strengths in them as well. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, and I use this line all the time, Amber, oftentimes the qualities about kids that sometimes annoy us or drive us crazy are these raw, unrefined strengths of the student. Mm-hmm. And, and so as a teacher, we can be quick to say, Josh talks too much. Amber is, an, is too opinionated. Um, whatever. And we assign these labels, unfortunately. And then I'm, I'm not saying those teachers are, are, are doing this intentionally, but don't get me wrong. I, I'm sure I was guilty of this in the classroom. It is the idea of saying, okay, how do I, we're trying to shift the way we approach kids in this. How do we help these students understand how do we take this unrefined raw talent and shift it so that it can become a positive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We want Amber to have opinions and to uh, stand up for herself and to be excited about learning and to be excited about engaging. But if we attach negative connotations to that, what does Amber do? Yeah. <laughs> what does that cause you to do? Cause, yeah. Like, like hold oh, back, be hold, quiet. Yeah. Yeah. But I think one thing, you know, in, you know, in terms of activator is that I do have to self-check. Am I allowing other people to share their thoughts too? Am I taking That's over right. the room? You know, um, which has happened. And I, I, unfortunately, especially young in my career as a teacher, didn't realize that I was kind of over, like I said, overtaking everything. I thought I was just sharing out all of my ideas and, and I was, it was all with good intention, but I was not giving other people a chance to feel like they could also have a voice. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. So that's, that's a very self-aware statement. So let me ask you, so what, when you were, when you started to have that realization, what did you do? What changed for you when you were in, in those conversations? Well, unfortunately, nothing changed in that direct conversation. It, had, it was a couple of years later when I started sure. to really reflect um, on why I was really struggling with my relationships <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with my coworkers. And, um, you know, I really started to think about, and it was questions my husband asked, you know, Jeff, um, he asked really good questions. And I, you know, really started to think, well, yeah, maybe maybe I did come across as bossy. Maybe I did come across as a know-it-all. Um, I certainly don't feel that way. Um, but I, I could have, that could have come across that way. Um, so that's where I really started to sit back, allow for that wait time, wait time one, wait time two, <laughs> give people yeah. a chance yeah. to respond before I would jump in and to learn to ask questions instead of always feeling like I have the answer. Well, and again, I think it's a very mature response that you gave. I think as leaders, as you are a leader, I'm a leader, other people are, every teacher on this podcast is a leader, educator. Um, I think one of the things that sometimes we get in our own way is when we think we have all the answers and instead mm-hmm. of uh, when we should be learning to ask really good questions. Mm-hmm. 
of the people we're leading, of the people who were responsible, who, who lead us. Um, and I think what I see great leaders do, and this is a leader being not just by title, but by influencing others, regardless of title or position, it's about asking really great questions. Master teachers ask really great questions of students. Mm -hmm. um, great principals ask really great questions of teachers. And it's not about talking at them. It's about engaging them in the process of leading and learning and growing. Um, I'm going to also hit on something, you a word you used. And it's also one of my buzzwords. And, and you have one of your other strengths is command. Mm -hmm. Command is one of the... Uh, least frequent of the 34 strengths. Uh, they've done this assessment with over 22 million people around the world. It's one of the least frequent uh, for both men and women, by the way. Self-assurance, which I have, is the other one that's at the bottom for, for people as well. So you have command. And command is basically, just a real short definition, is the willingness and ability to step up and take charge. Mm -hmm. um, it's the you not shying away from an opportunity that might be hard or challenging or might even have some conflict attached to it, uh, not, not shying away from that, and sometimes even seeking it out. Mm. And let's go back to the, you used a word um, that's, a, that's a buzzword for me that I picked up on. I wish I would have picked up on it earlier in my career, but you used the word bossy. Mm. Mm -hmm. So someone along the way, I'm guessing, because I'm guessing you didn't just read that in the dictionary one day and assign that to yourself, and I'm not asking you to say where, but at some point in time, probably at least one person has used that word. Is that correct? Oh, ever since I can remember. I'm also okay. the oldest of four. <laughs> so we got some, we've got some birth order stuff there as well. Yes. yes. I'm the oldest of four as well, so there's another commonality. Yes. So... When was the last time you heard the word bossy associated with a male? You know, I, I have read a lot into this idea that you're okay. alluding to, and mm -hmm. uh, not much, not, not, not many much. times, no. Yeah. Nope. And so somewhere back along the line, someone thought they were doing you a favor by telling you to quit being so bossy. Does bossy in your mind have a positive connotation? Does that make you feel good about yourself when, if someone were to say that to you? No, of course not. No, mm -mm. it's a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. um, so again, another, another teaching point on this is we, unfortunately, in our society, in our culture, are telling, especially young women, who have leadership abilities and skills and talents to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Don't speak up. Don't take charge. Don't have an opinion. Um, because you're bossy. Instead of saying, hey, Amber, how can we use your leadership skills a little differently and be more effective to influence the people around you? We'd say, sit down and be quiet. Mm -hmm. Don't have an opinion. Don't speak up. Don't take charge. And then we wonder why we don't have, why we, we aren't as effective as we could be in developing women leaders mm -hmm. uh, 15, 20, 30 years later. Absolutely. And so that's another challenge that I have for our educators as we think about this. That was a great example that you used is um, the command in you is, is the desire and ability to want to step up and take charge. Can, so let me ask you this. Can you think of a situation where you, uh, you did step up and take charge? There was a, maybe a vacuum of leadership. There was an opportunity where you stepped into it. Even if you did, even though there's some risk maybe associated with it, you weren't sure how it was going to turn out. Is there something that sticks out in your mind about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in my uh, first school district, uh, there was an opening for our grade level leader. 
and uh, it, it opened up and I thought there's no way, because it was the same principal who was with me when I was really challenged um, by my first grade level team, my first year. And if you've listened to my story, especially listeners of the podcast, um, you know that my first two years were very, very challenging because I um, was put into a team of, of ladies who were used to doing the same thing that they had done for 20 years previous. Mm-hmm. And here I come with all my woo and my activator. And, <laughs> and I was definitely, it was a very rough two years. Um, and the same principle was there. And unfortunately, it was just looked at as you need to, you need to be quiet. You need to listen. Mm-hmm. You need to do exactly what they're doing. Get on their good side. That was in a nutshell what I was told to do. And I, I tried my hardest to do that. And I, I just couldn't in my heart. Of, I could not go through with it. It made me miserable to do those things. So I just decided to close my door and do what I knew was right for me and my kids and, and whatnot. So when this, other, uh, when this position came, I was in a new grade level team. We got along fantastically. The grade level leadership uh, position opened up and I could tell that he was not super excited to give it to me, but nobody else wanted it. Hmm. And he sat in our first grade level meeting and for the first time, this grade level was laughing and collaborating and starting to talk and open up and we all left and he looked at me, he goes, you are awesome. And I'm not trying to like... I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm thinking, I never really thought about it until you just like kind of opened up this conversation that it's like, he did give me an opportunity to use my, my leadership abilities. And that was really the first time that that had been offered, you know, and he didn't offer it to me. I stepped up, um, but that he had offered me a a way to look at myself as, wow, you, you could really do this. No, that's awesome. The thing about that, I love, I love, again, some of the verbiage you used. You were, you got, you found success and then you had a supervisor who told you how awesome you were. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I talk to teachers who are, who are burned out, mm-hmm. um, I hear more about feeling burned out because of lack of affirmation, lack of support. These are anecdotal. I'm not trying to counter anything that sure, you see. Yeah. Or you, this mm-hmm. is your, your world that you deal in every day. But certainly the other factors are, you know, we have Red for Red tomorrow looking at, you know, and influence and things like that. But at the same time, I think we've, um, and this is where I talk with principals and superintendents, uh, do we do enough to, you know, to support and affirm our, our, our teachers? And I, I would say most often, more often than not, we don't. And I don't think it's always that we do it intentionally, but because of the nature of our situations, um, and we just forget sometimes. Yeah. We, they need to hear us. Even if it's, man, that was awesome. You're doing a great job. In a sincere way, that can go a long way. You know, you know, most teachers who are intrinsically motivated, most of whom, just the affirmation from their bosses and supervisors goes a long way to know, man, my boss knows I'm working hard. They know I'm caring about kids, and I'm not perfect, but I'm giving it 110. percent And that's yeah. that can go a long way. Well, I will say too, that was year four. That mm-hmm. was my fourth year in the school, and that was the first time yeah. that I felt like, wow, he really does think I can do this. <laughs> which is kind of like looking back, it's kind of sad. Um, but you know, it, it is what it, it is what it was. Um, but that was the first time that I had even considered that, you know, I could, I could lead a group of teachers and, and really help them, you know, not about, not making about me, but that I could really help them to realize their true potential. So 
I'm going to touch on another strength of yours because it connects to what you're saying. Okay. Um, one of your other strengths is futuristic. Oh, number one. That's my number, number one. one strength. There we yep. go. Mm -hmm. So, because several things you've said hit on a piece, several pieces of this, and I want to see if I can pry into this a little bit for your listeners so we can tie in some things that you've said. So go back to your, your uh, when you first started as a teacher, some of the frustrations you were having with the team you were working with. Yep. Um, futuristic is about looking forward. And it's about, look, how do I, I have a vision for where we want to go, how, where I want to go. And um, I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm going to get there. So it's a strategic thing. It's, it's part of the strategic domain. There's, there's four domains. And I'm sorry, I don't, uh, strategic is one, relationship building, influencing, and execution. Mm -hmm. So futuristic is about seeing the future and then thinking about a plan to get there. When you stepped into this situation where it was um, status quo, mm -hmm. um, how that, so again, how'd that make you feel? How'd you feel in a status quo environment? Bored. Bored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you feel um, your futuristic was engaging very much when you were in that situation? I felt I was. I was looking at all of the ways that we can improve it um, yeah. and do something <laughs> different. And, <laughs> Um, but they didn't want, they didn't want any of it. So it really made me feel, um, oh, I don't really know how to describe it. Just kind of inactivated, you know, just stagnant. Like, oh, this is, this is what we do. This is all yeah. there is. So I'm curious, a lot of, a lot of the teachers we lose in our profession who enter the profession you know, as you know, within two to three years, it's kind of that two to year, two to four, somewhere right in there where we lose them. You stuck through it. And so I'm curious, what, what caused you to hang with it? Even though you oh were my goodness. That's a really great question. Okay. <laughs> um, we had just had our second daughter. We had just moved back into this community. We grew up in this community that we lived in at this time. And I didn't really think I had any other options, to be honest. Mm. I didn't, see myself doing anything else. Um, I had a very closed, uh, sort of fixed mindset, you know, mm -hmm. that I, that I continually, and I'm sure you talked to, to, uh, teachers about where I just believed that this is just where I was. This is the way it is and it's not going to change. So, um, either I change or I change grade levels or, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I, I don't, I never even considered leaving at that point. Yeah. I did a few years later. Um, but not at that point. Part of me wonders for our teachers who leave the profession, if, if we truly knew their strengths, if they knew their strengths and their supervisors knew their strengths, mm -hmm. would we say that, would they say that they were able to use their strengths at, at their school? Like mm -hmm. every day? Mm -hmm. I would guess, and I'm guessing that we don't. This is true across any job sector. When you look at why people, and this really is about, it's about engagement. Mm -hmm. This is a big thing at Gallup with strengths, and this is across any job sector. When you have people who are disengaged at work, they, they don't feel purpose. They don't feel they're making a difference. Uh, I'm just, it's status quo. I'm coming and punching my time card in the morning, leaving it the day. And that's not, not none of us got an education to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care, right? Um, so, this is a big thing to me because I believe in our teacher shortage, I don't care if it's a shortage or not, we have an important uh, mission to impact kids mm -hmm. uh, every single day in our classrooms. And as a leader, as leaders, I think our job is to empower the people who we lead 
to be at their very best every single day. And I don't care if you're in the office, if you're a custodian, if you're food service, it doesn't, if classroom, an aide, bus driver, principal, superintendent, it doesn't matter. If you're not at your best every single day, that we don't have enough extra people and time. Um, that's right, that we're missed, that means we're missing something, that we're mm -hmm. missing opportunities and ultimately our kids are missing opportunities. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I challenge people to think about with this is, this strengths is a way for us to not only understand ourselves better, but also understand our colleagues, our bosses, our supervisors, the people we lead. And it allows us to think about how do I engage this person differently? Mm -hmm. To affirm who they are, know that we're different, to celebrate those differences. Uh, it's good that we're not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what a shame that we had situations where other teachers could learn uh, from you about your perspective and, and you can learn from them and you could all have been better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think what's interesting is, you know, as I'm really starting to think back on, on why I didn't leave, um, there was a, a teacher coach that worked mm -hmm. in our district that did notice my strengths and did oh. listen. And she sort of took me under her wing and challenged me to do things with my ideas. Um, mm. And I really think that honestly, looking back at that, and I still really, I continued through my um, almost eight years there, continued to really respect her and her ideas when other people were poo-pooing them or, you know, talking negatively about, you know, how these things don't work. And I'm thinking, yes, they do. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, they do work. You have to decide that they're going to work um, because she really, I feel like she really saved me. She made me believe and understand that I'm not wrong. I just have a different teaching philosophy and style um, than what the rest of my colleagues at that time had. Um, and I just really needed to be more self-aware about how I addressed what it is that I believed about what teaching could look like um, and, and engagement with your students could look like. It was just different than theirs. And I'm really grateful to have had that interaction with her. Um, so Anne, if you're listening, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> because she really made me believe that I wasn't crazy and I wasn't a bad person and I wasn't bossy. Um, I just was different. It, it was different perspective. And um, I do wish that I would have addressed them differently. I wish that I would have um, maybe shared my ideas a little bit more carefully. Um, been more deliberate in my, in my delivery. Um, but I wasn't, but it's, it's great lessons to learn for sure. So i um, having somebody to come in and sort of say, you know, no, you're fine. You're good. And there another teacher too, that, that stepped in Heather, uh, if you're listening, thank you. Because she also was very affirming to me. You're not a bad person. You're not a bad, you're a great teacher. Maybe yeah. you're intimidating them, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Those are, I mean, you're, you're, you're right on, uh, you know, Amber, you're, I, uh, the, and this is all you're talking about. You haven't, you know, moving obviously with the opposite of a, a closed mindset is a growth mindset. I know you know that and you understand that concept and that's a huge part of strengths. It's about the idea that we never truly arrive, mm -mm. right? I mean, you are always, we should always be growing in our understanding of ourselves and others. What, what is my self-awareness in every environment? How are my students perceiving me? Um, um, how are my coworkers? How do I speak to them and interact with them in a way that is gonna be most effective? So as teachers, you know, our most important job is engaging our students. If, we don't, if our students aren't engaged, learning is not happening. 
Uh, that's, one of my, that's one of the tall tale signs of, an, of a master teacher classroom is, are students engaged in the learning process? Not if, are they sitting quietly in rows, that's mm -hmm. ridiculous, that's compliance. Engagement is, is, are they actively engaged in the learning process? And master teachers are masters at getting kids to those points and keeping them there. And one of, the, one of the best ways to do that, you've got to know who you are and how your strengths come to bear to help engage students. Mm -hmm. um, to your point, if I'm not aware how students are perceiving me, it's, I'm going to be, I think I've got a really awesome lesson and the kids are you know, staring at me like, oh, it's, yeah. whatever, Mr. Wenning, that's not, not as fun as you think it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so through, the, through a process like strengths, we can understand ourselves better. We can understand our coworkers better. We can understand how we are interacting with others. Um, and ideally, it's situations where we have schools as a whole that adopt this, uh, everywhere from the superintendent down. And so now all of a sudden, it's not just Amber's top five that I'm aware of. It's my coworkers. It's my bosses. And now all of a sudden, you're con I, can, I can promise you conversations change mm -hmm. because how I used to view you before I knew what your strengths were will be dramatically different now that I know what your strengths are. Mm -hmm. And those things that might have annoyed me or things about me that might have annoyed you, like, oh, that Josh isn't being wishy-washy. That's his adaptability kicking in. Yeah. So I know I've got to nail him. Down. I tell my staff that. I said, <laughs> staff, force me to, you know, into processes and, and things like that because they need that to be at their best. For me, I hate processes. Mm -hmm. They slow me down because I know I can find a better way to do it. That's me. That's how I'm I pretty do sure it. that adaptability <laughs> is probably my sixth strength. <laughs> it, could be. it really, it really um, could be if we dug uh, a little deeper. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great point. I tell people that if there's a strength that sounds like you and you're like, man, that has to be me. That's what I always say. Mm -hmm. Probably your number six. Because our number <laughs> six is probably as influential as our number four. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just that we don't reveal them all to you. And that's another little side note to your listeners. You can pay Gallup to unveil additional aspects of your strengths. But honestly, if you spend time just on your top five, if you really need to stay there for a little while, truly understand your top five, how do they interact and work together? Where do you see, you know, it would not be hard for us to take a look at where does activator and command come together? For you, yeah. right? That's yeah. where you. That's a depth of understanding on that. Um, I, I want to go a little, if 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 I may, and please, please, if if you had other things that you wanted to to ask me about, we we definitely need to do that. Please. But I, being reflective on struggles that I have had with uh, my my leaders, my bosses, mm -hmm. since I started having a job um, when I was fourteen. Mm -hmm. Um, so this goes back beyond being a teacher. And then of course, you know, having, um, having principals, administrators, um, in charge of me, um, do you think that those two strengths combined, do you think that those could have, um, maybe gotten me in some trouble whenever I do, <laughs> when I do speak up, when I'm not afraid to rise to the occasion or, you know, a consistent problem continues to arise and I say, we should do this, or mm -hmm. have you thought about this? Do you think that that offered an opportunity for me to maybe have made my superiors feel um, intimidated or like I was trying to tell them what to do or because they did, maybe didn't have the, the viewpoint of we are, we're all in this together. I need your strengths. We all need to build on each other. In short, I would not be surprised. I mean, to say, I would say probably to your question, could that have been intimidating to others? Probably. Um, 
And, and so as we grow and as you grow in your understanding of yourselves and of your bosses and your supervisors or whatever the case might be, it's, and I'm sure this is true, like with your spouse now, you, you guys figured out how do I need to bring, how do I need to bring an idea or a suggestion or a problem to my spouse, mm-hmm. right? And these are the people we love the most in life, right? We would do anything for it. Mm-hmm. So I do the same thing with my spouse. It's how do I bring this to them in a way that they will receive it and not hear me attacking them or saying that they're, what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so what I would encourage in these, and I'm sure this is probably what you've been able to figure out along the way is how do I maintain and celebrate and embrace my activator wanting, wanting to move stuff forward and get stuff done, my command, my desire to speak up and, ha- and being willing to have a tough conversation, being willing to take on <clears throat> tough topics, at the same time, sharing that in a way that is not going to be intimate, you know, or is not as intimidating as it could, uh, could potentially be to mm-hmm. uh, colleagues or, or supervisors. And I think what that goes back to, Amber, is, is I'd go back to it's that learning probably to ask really good questions. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People way too yep. late in life. <laughs> and <laughs> I read that book in 2014 for the first time and I thought it was groundbreaking. I couldn't believe I had never heard of this book before and it is an oldie. It's been around forever. Yeah. Um, but the, the one that, steaks, that sticks out to me the most is understand before trying to be understood. And I wish so badly that I would have had somebody in my early teens <laughs> tell me that it's really important to approach especially tough situations with understanding instead of judgment. Mm. You know, assuming that people are, are being intentional about how they're sounding or what their idea is, but coming from seeking a place of understanding. So help me understand is how, when I started reading that book, 2014, I started approaching tough situations with, can you help me understand? And it changed everything. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect. And I never came from that place of, you know, activating and and command again, but, um, I definitely took some time. I stepped back and came from a place of deeper understanding. I started asking questions, um, before sharing my very strong opinions (laughs) about, about situations. Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean, and, and again, I would put I would put the Seven Habits as one of the top ten must read books for anybody any professional, uh, and then obviously there's a teen version. So if you've got kids, yep, we have that one teen. for our daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes, that yep. would be an, another must read. I would also so if I was coaching you, let's say let's say for example that that was something you were still struggling with as far as that activator command combination. Mm-hmm. Another some I mean another foundational uh, book. In fact, I just led a, a workshop on this a couple of weeks ago. Is uh, Crucial Conversations. And what Crucial Conversations does, and I I highly recommend Crucial Conversations for any teacher who, again, I I believe every teacher is a leader, but if you're leading other people, if you're a department head, if you're a grade level team leader, whatever those leadership where you are in charge of other people, whatever capacity, Crucial Conversations is another, uh, uh, an important part of that because in a nutshell, what it does is it gives you um, a, a process that when you have to have a crucial conversation, you, you should have this kind of planned out ahead of time. How do I, how do I need to have a, a talk with my principal, uh, some cons- I have opinions, I have concerns, I, whatever. 
it lays out how to have that. It, it cues you into specific language to use in a, an intentional order. Um, I have to confront a coworker. That's another really mm -hmm. hard one for teachers. Oh, for sure. Um, your department leader, maybe you're getting a couple hundred extra bucks a year, if anything. And now all of a sudden I have to tell my colleague that what they're doing is not appropriate or they didn't, they're not following our team guidelines. Sure. That this is a great book and process. It's very simple. You can even look it up very quickly on, on the internet. Just look up crucial conversations. It'll break it down. And so that's where I would, I would coach and ask you questions as well is how do we help you be more intentional not to, not to, those, these are strengths. These are good things that you're willing to have tough conversations. You're willing to say hard, tough opinions. You're willing to take risk uh, to, to say things that might cause some feathers to ruffle, mm -hmm. but we don't want that to diminish that. We don't want that to be stepped on and crushed because otherwise we're losing out on an even better outcome. If all we do is tell Amber to be quiet and stay in the corner. Mm -hmm. And that's true of now. And let me tell you the opposite of this. The opposite of this is that teacher who is that deliberate is high context. I need to understand the problem better before I can offer you my opinion. I need to research this a little more. I need to think about it. Sometimes those teachers who don't always speak up right away, they don't have, they, they're not that, they don't, they're not high woo. They're not high adaptability. They're, they're thinkers. Mm -hmm. I used to think these teachers were sticks in the mud. Why don't you get on board with my really great idea? Mm. Because they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And guess what? And we need them. We need that. <laughs> we need them to rein us that. in. <laughs> Can you rein us in? My really great idea is now a million times better because the thinkers thought about it. Yes. Ask good questions back and I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I didn't think, I didn't about think it that then. all the way through. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, my, now our outcome is better. Uh, and in the end, uh, and I wish I would have known this when I was a principal, and I apologize to my teachers who were uh, subject to Josh wanting at 32 years old trying to figure <laughs> this stuff out. And I couldn't figure out, man, why doesn't that teacher understand how awesome this is? Mm -hmm. And that's, so it's true for all of us. It's, it's knowing that when that other, when we're having trouble connecting with our colleagues or our bosses or supervisors, if we can put it in this format of strengths, how are they looking at this? How do I need to phrase this or frame this in a way going back to what you said, to help them understand that I can understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Now we can have a conversation. Yeah. Sorry, you know, I went around in circles on a few things there, but. No, no, I think it's, it's perfect. I think, you know, if, if this is, if, if you're finished asking me questions and, and coaching me through these strengths, you've really helped <laughs> me to do a lot of reflecting. It's actually a great way to go ahead and, and end the conversation. I mean, I feel like you and I could really talk quite a bit longer about all of this. It's so interesting. And I really encourage you listeners, if, if any of this has sparked curiosity in you, to bring it up at, at a grade level meeting or with your, with your principal, because this can really strengthen you. Our, our different strengths make everybody stronger. They really, really do. And especially like, like we've just talked about coming from a place, it helps you to come from a place of understanding quite a bit better because we're not just guessing what people are thinking or how they're feeling. Um, it really is a process, you know, it just, it, it, it just is. And to assume that everybody's the same and should look at everything the same is just unfair. And it, it just creates chaos. <laughs> and Lord knows we have a lot of that going on right now in education. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. One last book I yeah. want to plug for our teachers. I, I don't know if that's coming up backwards on the screen. Oh, it's, yeah. called, it's called teach with your strengths. Okay. Teach with your strengths. 
by uh, Rosalind Leavesland and Joanne Miller. It's on Amazon. This is specific to teachers. There is not a code in here. So this is why I told you to probably buy the Strengths 2.0 book first. There mm -hmm. is a code in that one. Mm -hmm. Again, I think it's probably a $15 book on, this one is on Amazon as well. This is specific to educators. It's based on Gallup research and the wording of the Strengths is specific to educators and teachers, especially classroom teachers. So for your, for your listeners out there, uh, you're gonna, a lot of what uh, you're looking for that depth of understanding well, how do my strengths translate into my school into my classroom mm -hmm. this is going to really help you kind of take that to the next level yeah oh, it's fantastic thank you so much for those recommendations so i will sure. put links to all of those books in the show notes um josh how can people find you um if you are in fact in northeast indiana i don't know how far your your region is that you actually reach out to do this type of coaching um but yeah. where how is it that people can find you and get a hold of you if they want you to come and coach them through their strength sure. cool. no I, I would love to do that i actually i've gone i've gone all over the state for this so i go i go outside of the region eight area so for those who are not region eight members or schools districts that that's okay uh, we can find ways to help you with that so my email is j w e n n i n g at r eight e s c dot k one two dot i n dot u s and our phone number here is 260-423-0030. You can find us on the, on the web or Region 8 Education Service Center. Um, and we'd love to talk further about that. Um, again, I work with students, work with schools, work with the leadership teams, teachers, and we'd love to talk with you more about it, how we can help you be more effective as a teacher uh, and more empowered uh, in, in what you do. Yeah, so thank, I appreciate you know. the time, Amber. Oh, I'm, I'm so grateful that, that you had the time to talk with me today. And I should say too, your, your ending line here of empowering, that's what Burning Teacher is all about. It's all about activating teacher self-empowerment and helping yeah. them to take their next best step to be happier and more fulfilled. So yeah. knowing more about yourself can definitely get you on the right track with, with meeting that goal. So thanks again for your time, Josh. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Amber. You're welcome. I'll make these tips and takeaways super short. A lot of times when we hear about self-care, we hear about the fun stuff. Go for a run, take a bath, get your nails done, get your hair done. But like Josh said, we're wired to be great. So for your self-care this week, I want you to take time to get to know yourself better, to learn about yourself this week. That's your call to action. Whether you do the 16 personalities assessment or the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, do something to get to know yourself better. And then go to our Facebook community and tell us about yourself. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash burned in teacher. I'll see you there. Can't wait to get to know you better. And until next week, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. And just like I'm telling myself every day, burn on. I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of burned in teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the burned in teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.